It's Mando Mondays again. Put your speeders in park. Pour yourselves a blue mojito. Kick your feet up. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another and the final Mando Mondays for Season 2 episode of Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. Woo! <laughs> it is Christmas. Thank you to Samuel Kim for that theme song. That is Samuel Kim's Mandalorian and a Christmas Carol mix-up. It is gorgeous. It is beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. Spoilers alert. Do not go any further if you've not seen Chapter 16 because we are diving so deep into spoilers. You are going to drown if you have not seen this episode. I promise you that. Oh my God, I got so much energy around this episode. I rewatched it this afternoon and I am hyped. What an experience, ladies and gentlemen. What an experience Chapter 16 was. It is Christmas. Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Qui-Gon's Happy Hour Mando Monday slash Christmas special. Woo! Have you seen the holiday special yet? The Lego holiday special? I don't care because we're talking about Chapter 16, ladies and gentlemen. Luke Skywalker is back. That's right. Spoilers have been alerted, ladies and gentlemen. Luke Skywalker is back. Thank you, John Favreau. Thank you, Dave Filoni. Thank you, everybody at Disney. You have given us so much Luke Skywalker, it's not funny. And I just want to quickly talk about how this Luke Skywalker may be the Luke Skywalker everybody was waiting for, but it is just as beautiful as the Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi because, ladies and gentlemen, people experience things in their lives that damage them, that hurt them. We had a year of misery, and we are different people on the other end, and so was Luke. So let's not talk about how subjectively some people didn't like Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi because they thought he had to be this Luke Skywalker. Ladies and gentlemen, people change. People go through things. They experience things. They come back to themselves. They lose themselves. They come back to themselves and they save the galaxy in Luke's case. But let's get in to chapter 16. That's right. Let's begin. We begin with... An Imperial shuttle being chased by Slave One. After after we just came off Mothman Cracksmanats with Billy Burr, and um, we saw the Mando's face. Now we're headed towards, and we're, uh, Dr. Pershings is in this Imperial shuttle, so we need Dr. Pershings for something. Then we head into the Imperial shuttle. That's right. This this and. They uh they phase out the Imperial shuttle, and let's just talk about this scene here just for a second. This imp is evil, man. He's a real space Nazi, real real space Nazi, ladies and gentlemen. He's an evil evil man. He has fallen for the Imperial. He talks about how he was on the Death Star. He notices the Cara Dune. Has a tear on teardrop on her eye. Have you ever noticed that teardrop in the shape of a rebel symbol? Yeah, that's right. That must be a tattoo that surviving Alderanians, Alderanians, Alderanians get. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. She's always had it there, and I always wonder why it was there. It's gorgeous. She's from Alderaan. Then we finally, and she kills the imp. Hmm. 
she does make a quick joke when he says, I was on the Death Star. She says, which one? <laughs> and then he gets evil and dark and horrid. And it was dark, ladies and gentlemen. That really set the tone for the whole episode. This episode was fraught with peril, uncertainty, concern, new beginnings, old endings. We get into a cantina and we see Bo-Katan and Sasha Banks. Now I heard some fanboys on TikTok talk about, the guy was just disappeared so they could have a female. No. No, it made sense in the story. This was not like Avengers Endgame when they all just appeared at once at the same place when they're all over a battlefield. No. This made sense. It was a slow burn. And once we get to it later in the episode when we have the four, Bo-Katan, Sasha Banks character, um, Fennec Shand and Cara Dune kicking some serious poodle. It is worth it. It is earned, ladies and gentlemen. That is good storytelling. Favreau and Filoni, you are brilliant storytellers. And you need to be handed the key to the kingdom, which you have been. We all know this. Okay, so Bo-Katan is in the cantina and she is a leader. She is power hungry, ladies and gentlemen. She tells Boba Fett he's not a Mandalorian. He doesn't care. He never said he was. She then tells Boba Fett that she's heard his voice a thousand times. You mean he said this owner, this belong, this armor belonged to my father, and she she dishonors that. She doesn't care for the changeling, for the foundlings. It's not her thing. To her, that's Death Watch. That's the enemy. Um, he says the armor was mine. She says, "You mean your donor?" And she says, "I've heard your voice a thousand times." <laughs> this is getting very vaudevillian. Like um, my best Peter Cushing's best um, what's his name? Can't remember. I remember his name. Um, Boba Fett cares not for Mandalore. He says, you've got to be kidding me. Mandalore was turned to glass by the Imperials a long time ago. Mando says, I don't care. Mando has no other agenda than his child. His boy. Little Grogu. He says, you can have the... Everyone's got an agenda. Boba Fett is honoring his word. Fennec Shand is honoring her word. Cara Dune loves Grogu and the Mando. And Bo-Katan and Sasha Banks are there to reclaim the throne of Mandalore. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, and then um, Sasha Banks, man, she's strong. Boba Fett, with the little harpoon, she pulls him to her. He can't, he can't withstand her. She pulls him straight to him. So this girl's, this girl's strong. And then she hits him. She hits him into a table. With a, what is it called? With a headlock takedown. Yes, that is a professional wrestling move. Shits him with a headlock takedown, flies up a pole, flips him over into a table and he breaks the table. Boba Fett um, is down and then they move on. Now they've got um, Pershings on the ship and they're talking about the Dark Troopers. Um, there is their their security in this... In this um, in the ship, they've got um, holograms of the ship and they got plans of the ship blueprint, so to speak, of the Star Destroyer. And he shows them where the Dark Troopers are. He says, you got to worry about those. He shows them where Grogu is. He says, you got to worry about him. Those Dark Troopers will be turned on very quickly and they have about 
four minutes before they're on. So, Mando, you got to make it over there real, real quick, boy. Real, real, real quick. Um, so, that's what they do. Uh, then, we're, we're coming out of hyperspace. They're, they're in the Imperial shuttle. They needed the Imperial shuttle for a good reason. And Boba Fett comes out of hyperspace shooting at them. Um, or pretend, well, not pretending he's actually shooting at them so that they're confused. They send out to the imps, you know, we need to get in. Uh, and then instead Moff Gideon says, send out the TIE fighters. That's right. Send a squadron of TIE fighters. Um, he sends a squadron of TIE fighters and they're like, oh, oh no, that's not what we wanted. And as the TIE fighters are coming out, they're like, well, screw it. We're just going to, um, thank Farrick, you Poodoo imps. <laughs> just swearing in all the Star Wars swears. Thank Farrick. Um, we're just going to go through the bay doors. Um, uh, who wants them to be careful? I don't know. I just wrote here, he wants them to be careful. I'm not sure. Anyway, they go through the uh, docking bay doors and the imps have to shut it down and then they just start shooting their way out and that's why the dark troopers come out a little bit too early. Yep. Um, so... Where are we? The female team out felt felt earned, and it was worthy. Uh, the Mando just drops it off the side. Oh yeah, and then we're 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 moving across that bridge, and the stormtroopers coming, and Cara Dune and Fennec are there, and the Mando women they just drop off the side, just bounce off the side, and then there's there's a squadron of stormtroopers that come up, and they have no idea what's coming for them. Bang! They get jetpack, with the jetpack ladies. Um, that was awesome. Just some wicked female action uh, female badass action going on here in this episode um then we have uh din comes out of the ship and he's moving at a pace but he's moving a bit slow because he doesn't want to get caught by stormtroopers he wants to get to grogu but he's got to get to the dark troopers first he's got to shut them off with the key from pershings um the troopers they come too soon but fennec right before that Fennec um, just kicks butt, man. She kicks some serious poodoo. Like, she is wicked character. I'm really excited to see more of her um, in the coming TV shows. I'm glad that Ming-Na Wen's character wasn't killed off that quickly. Um, and I'm glad she's going to be in the Bad Batch, too. That's going to be really exciting. I want to see more of Fennec Shand. Um, then that Dark Trooper music, man. That, like, wah, 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 wah. Damn, Ludwig, man, you're, you're killing it, dude, in this season as well. Just as much as you did in the last season. Um, it was just like some dubstep, but it wasn't over the top. It wasn't, wow, wow. It was more like it was going along. It was like the computer was making that noise as they were coming out. Oh, it was amazing. Just incredible. Thank you, Ludwig, for that one. Um, okay. Then... Um, the Dark Troopers come out a little bit too early, and man, did they look like Terminators. Oh, my poor little girl was watching at this time, and she got a little bit too scared, so we had to uh, put Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on for her. <laughs> um, this episode was a bit full-on, very dark, a bit full-on for her. She didn't like those robots. They spooked her, man. They really spooked her. Um... Anyway, then the trooper comes out and Mando tries to stop it and bam, we have a Terminator moment. <laughs> Opens up the door. Um, he manages to keep the others in and this little, this dark trooper, thank the force he has a pure Beskar helmet because this dark trooper just punches the living 
daylight it's out of his head it's oh my god it was terrifying like i think that might have been the moment that my little girl was scared because it was just like bah, 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 in the head very very scary um just terrifying to think about that but he broke through the wall he, he made a massive dent with his helmet in the wall finally got away um and that spear is king, baby. That spear just... And then he finally gets over and he pulls that lever and they're punching at the window and it's like, what's that lever about? Bam, out the out the airlock. Done. We're safe. We're saved. Or are we? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, we'll get to that. Anyway, so the girls are in the, the ladies are in the, um, in the elevator and, um, Cara Dunes jammed her gun. She's, she's hit some stormtroopers in the head with it. She jammed her gun and she said, this is one of my favorites. She says, son of a mud scuffer. I'm going to use that. Son of a mud scuffer. This thing's jammed. And she's, um, I, even when they swear, they sound dorky, man. It's so funny. Just Star Wars is just that little bit dorky and I love it. Um, and that Gatling gun rules when she, and she unjams it. She's like, that'll do the trick. She just starts mowing. I don't think we've really seen a proper Gatling gun kind of work like that in live action. We've seen a lot in Clone Wars, except for the, um, heavy artillery, uh, past Vizsla. That was one moment where we saw a Gatling gun kind of working. Um, then we have, uh, they get to the brig, uh, they get to the bridge and Bogotan says, where is Gideon? So... Mando goes in, he finds Grogu, and guess who's got the Darksaber over Grogu's head? Yes, that's Moff Gideon, ladies and gentlemen. He's holding the Darksaber over his head, and we're all terrified he's in handcuffs. I said to my my beautiful fiancé, I said, imagine if that was one of our children cuffed. And she was like, oh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> but that's what I, that's, it just made it so much more emotional to me, and, and, and with a lightsaber over his head. Oh, man. Um. Anyway, so Din... They make a deal and he turns his damn back. Oh, when he did that, I was like, ah, and then, bah! Good thing he had the jetpack on. Just the lightsaber hits that Beskar and just bounces off it. Man, Beskar can really take on a lightsaber. Like, it really can. We saw it in the Ahsoka episode with the with the Beskar spear and we've seen it now, like... He can really take it on. So he's using his gauntlets. Bah, 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 bah. And then he finally gets the um, spear out. And he can he can fight. He could use that Darksaber if he wanted to. I mean, this is the same as Ray being able to use a spear and a lightsaber. Like, it's, it's, it's incredible. And it's incredible to me that people have said that this is okay. <laughs> and he can use a Darksaber, but he can't. <laughs> but Ray, uh, anyway, whatever. So, fanboys. Oh, my God. Um... So yeah, he and he disarms him. After all of that, he's a wicked. He's using it backwards and bang, bang, bang. Um, and he disarms him. The Mandalorian Din Djarin is the rightful king to the throne of Mandalore. <laughs> wow! And then we move into, and that's just such a cool moment to see him holding that dark saber as he pulls Gideon in. Just so cool. Like, I mean, we all thought that maybe he'd get that Darksaber. We didn't think it'd be so sneaky and subtle and, and un, unintentional. But it's kind of what the Mando is. He's unintentional. He's accidental. So we get to... Where are we at now? 
Um, we get to the bridge. Uh, and Bo-Katan's face, when she sees the saber in his hand, she says, what is this? Mm, and Moff Gideon thinks it's hilarious because Bo-Katan has obviously been disarmed at some point by Moff Gideon and lost the saber. That's why Moff Gideon possesses the saber. We don't need the history. We just need their interaction here to just show us what happened. Because as we know, Mo- uh, Bo-Katan was given, uh, had the saber as it was given to her by... Um, and he talk he talks about the story. She needs the story. You can't just yield it. She won't accept that he's going to yield it. But it's been yielded to her before. It's been yielded to her before by Sabine Wren. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, the rightful owner is the Mando, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> it's funny to think about, isn't it? Um, and I kind of want to get a, a dark saber to put in my Mando uh, Black Series figure's hand right now. Anyway. Hopefully someone on Etsy's making a little dark saber. Um, I screamed, though, and then they say, you know, someone incoming, someone's incoming. There's a ship incoming, and I screamed when I saw Red Five, ladies and gentlemen. Red Five standing by, and he doesn't reply. He just he doesn't say anything. It just pulls in. You can see little R two D two in the back. Whoa! <laughs> Who is that? Any. It simmers, guys. It simmers. This moment simmers for like 10 minutes. It's a solid 10 minutes. And we see a black slash brown cloak moving on the monitor. (gasps) At first I was like, oh, is it Ahsoka? No, it's not. It's not Ahsoka. It's not. (laughs) Then we see the lightsaber ignite and he's moving like a familiar, famous, the first Jedi we saw... Wap, wap, wap. He's using form one and form five. Bam, bam, bam. Simple movements. Oh, away he fought Darth Vader. And then we see that green lightsaber, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's a single saber. And it's Luke. Oh, I'm so glad it wasn't Mace Windu. Uh, it's Luke, ladies and gentlemen. Luke kicks some serious poodoo. He destroys. Oh, I forgot. I forgot the dark troopers come back in. You know, it's like multiple um, things entering. It's like no life forms and the dark troopers are in. And the looming, oh, the looming disdain and the fear and the terrifying looming. I got ahead of myself there. I forgot that Moff Gideon shoots Bo-Katan as well. I thought she died, to be honest with you. But she did survive because she's got pure Beskar on. And then we see Red Five. After we see the Dark Troopers, they start bam, they're punching, bam. And Moff Gideon says something about like everyone in here, you'll have a valiant effort, but everyone in here will die except myself and the child. And then Red Five turns up, and he comes in and he just starts. And so we see that green lightsaber, and he's slashing through. He's just chopping through these Dark Troopers. I forgot to tell you, the Dark Troopers. Pershing says towards the end that they removed the human element of the Dark Troopers. They removed the human element and um, Cara Dune and Bo-Katan, they knew about the Dark Troopers, but they removed the human element. Now they're just droids. They're just Terminators, ladies and gentlemen. They're just straight up Terminators. Anyway, the Dark Troopers sensed... Oh, yeah, don't worry. Um, anyway, so we see, we're starting to see these Dark He's just mowing through these Dark Troopers. 
like like their paper, like they're made of cardboard. He's just lightsabering, slashing through every single one of them like their goddamn paper. Dank Ferrican paper. <laughs> um, and we see little Grogu. He's watching. I love when we see little Grogu watching. Um, oh, we see little Grogu watching him on the monitor and he's going... And he sensed him. He sensed who it was. We knew it was a Jedi when Grogu went. But, you know, that old Red Five. Um, But there's a part of you that's going, there's a part of me that's going, and I'm sure it's going on with everyone else because I've seen a few reactions. They're going, oh, that's an old, but we've already seen old X-Wings, right? So it could have been a New Republic, but it was just one. And they're like, oh, great, just one. And then it's like, wait a second, just one X-Wing? What? (laughs) Um, Anyway. And Moff Gideon tries to shoot himself. He puts his gun under his chin. Oh my God, that was like... And Cara Dune manages to just like... Blah, knock that gun out of his out of the way. Luke crushes the Dark Troopers. And he finally comes through and he gets to that final Dark Trooper. You can see his belt at one point as well and that just confirms that it's him. And he just holds a Dark Trooper in place. We're watching and they're watching on the monitor. Bang, bang. And this is the dark troopers outside their door. Bring, 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 bring. And then the elevator goes. And he's just destroying these dark troopers. And he gets to that final dark trooper. He throws one dark trooper ahead of the dark trooper into the other. And he just finally gets that one dark trooper and just crushes it. Like, And it's all very, very similar to Darth Vader in Rogue One. Just mowing through people and the fanboys are probably just having a field day with this right now but I'm not watching many other people's content except wrestling around right now so because I'm, I'm just sick of the fanboys to be honest but and you know there's some YouTubers who have just have just wrecked the fandom um, but anyway no, it's not them to blame just people listen to them um, and you know I understand it's content and it, it content begets content and bad content begets bad content and, and views and so on so Luke crushed that one. I love that Grogu and Mando are watching on the monitor. That's really cool as well. They're just watching this whole thing happen. Um, It's so akin to Rogue One. And then he walks through the door and we go, who is it? At first, I thought it was Sebastian Stan. To be honest, I thought it was Sebastian Stan under there. But we pull up the robe, the cloak. And we've seen this kind of cloak work before with, um, there was a, New Hope, uh, epic version of the New Hope battle between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. Um, I can't remember the guys who did that, but you can you can look it up on YouTube, and they did that same sort of cloak work, covering the face and everything. But they also um, CG'd in uh, Peter, not Peter Cushing, um, Ian, Mc, Ian McKellen's um, face, not Ian McKellen. I can't remember old Obi Wan, the guy who played old Obi Wan. Um, but yeah, it's Mark. It's young Mark. It's CG young Mark. And it's his voice. And Mando starts talking to him. He says, are you the Jedi? And after all, after all that, Luke was the Jedi that Grogu was talking to. Wow. I'm just, I'm just so in awe of this episode. Like, thank you, Favreau and Filoni. You just gave us the greatest Christmas present of all. Anyway, it's Mark's voice too. 
says, come little one. And he tells the Mando that his power, he's strong, the force is strong with this one, but he will not, he will not go until you give him permission. He does not want to leave. And Mando says, he doesn't want to go with you. He says, you must give him permission. You're like a father to him or something along those lines. And he says, he wants your permission. So Mando gives him permission. But he gives him permission by taking his helmet off. He says to Grogu, we'll see each other again. He takes his helmet off. And for the first time ever, he looks his son in the eye. He looks his boy in the eye. And little Grogu is just in awe. He can't believe it. He's just taking his helmet off. All this time, the one thing that meant so much to him, his religion, he gave it up for his son, for his boy, because Grogu meant more to him than his armor, than his credo, than the way. He found something new to live for, and that's exactly what he did. And man, when and Luke says to him, I will protect him, but I must train him because he's too dangerous with his abilities. Abilities are far too dangerous. Was Grogu there when Kylo Ren slash the Emperor destroyed the temple? I sure hope not. I'm sure we'll find that out soon. Sooner than later. Man, this moment, Luke is just a protector, just a straight up protector. That's all he wants to do. Just protect the innocent, defend the greater good, save the galaxy. That's what Luke is. And we're just, we're sitting here and he says, we'll see each other again, I promise. That's why he takes his helmet off so that Grogu can remember his face. So that Luke can remember his face. Because anyone could be wearing the Mando's armor eventually. But it won't necessarily be Din Djarin. Now he's seen Din Djarin and Din starts to cry. Tears start to well up in his eyes because he's letting his son go. This is the first time we've actually seen, except for maybe Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, but that was a lot less emotional and, and probably a little bit more inaccurate but this is the I feel like this is how accurate it would be giving over a child to a Jedi order so to speak but he's in tears and I teared I really teared up at this moment and we forget that people can change in their experience and things in life that break and hurt them Luke is in a good place here. He's, he's just saved his father. He saved the galaxy. Later on, he's not in such a good place because history repeated itself. At 23, Luke almost killed his father and the emperor and went to the dark side. At 23, Anakin went to the dark side. At 23, Kylo Ren had the same thoughts. And that's what Luke was dealing with. But he's in a good place here. And and then <laughs> I'm gonna cry talking about this. And then, for some reason, every time it gets me, 
R2-D2 wheels in. Right as Grogu's giving, giving the Mando a cuddle on his leg and he's turning around to see Luke. R2-D2 turns up. And he says hello to Grogu. And everybody else. And he just does a little R2. I do would have been with him. He brought the X-Wing. He brought Red 5. That's R2 ship as much as it is Luke's. He just wheels in at the perfect moment. And Grogu just opens up his arms. And he makes a little noise at Luke. And Luke picks him up. Gives him a big smile. And he says to the Mando. May the force be with you. And Din looks to the man, to Luke. He nods and he smiles. That's all he does. And Luke and R2 turn around and they head for the elevator. And right as the elevator turns, we see a shot of Din with his helmet off. Of the Mandalorians in the back, Cara Dune and Fennec Shand. Boba Fett's well gone by this point. He's just hyper-spaced off. The last shot we see is R2-D2, Grogu, and Luke Skywalker in the elevator as the door shuts. And that's it. Is it over? It felt like the end of the story. Two seasons? Only two seasons to tell this story? Surely not. I mean, yes, we can definitely overtell this story, but Star Wars is very good at not overstaying its welcome. And there's plenty of Star Wars stories coming out soon. But is this it? Or are we going to see what happened to Grogu? Are we going to see what happened to the Mando? Is the Mando ruling Mandalore now? Like, I'm sure he's going to turn up. And we'll talk about it in a second towards the end. But let's just say Luke looked pretty good, man. For CG, that was pretty good. That was the best CG unaging they've done since Peter Cushing's for Rogue One. So I was impressed. Where do we go from here? I mean, are we going to see Grogu grow up? Is it going to jump a time period? Is it going to jump four or five years and the Mando is going to find the temple or or what? Like, is Luke keeping the temple that safe? He must be. He must be keeping the temple that safe, not even telling people he can trust. We're going to see Leia. We might. Carrie's not around, but there's plenty of people who could do her voice. Her daughter, for instance. What are we going to do? Where are we going from here? What do I do, Lucasfilm? <sighs> Thank you, Favreau and Filoni, for bringing back Luke. Thank you for The Mandalorian. Thank you for Boba Fett. Thank you for Grogu and Cara Dune and Grief Karga and Fennec Shand and everything you've done with this show. Thank you. This period in time is just ripe for OT and sequel fans alike. It is going to be, to use this period in time is brilliant because it's going to be a bridge between that which which is considered by a lot, which I don't consider it this, but original Star Wars and real fans and the new stuff. The old stuff and the new stuff, the original stuff and the new stuff. Let's bridge it all. It's been The show has been bridging all of this stuff. 
It's not wholly and solely Rogue One type original trilogy stuff. It's not prequel stuff. It's not wholly and solely prequel stuff. But Din Djarin, the Clone Wars was part of Din Djarin. You know, we had Boba Fett connections and, and the Clone Wars. We had Bo-Katan connections and the Clone Wars. We've This show has connected everything. The prequels, the original trilogy, and the sequels. Nothing to date in the Star Wars canon has connected all three trilogies the way that the Mandalorian has. And it will continue to do so. I'm excited for Obi-Wan, but I've seen plenty of in between with Rebels and so on and, and Fallen Order and all that. Plenty of post-Order 66 pre A New Hope. Give me more between Return of the Jedi and and we're going to get it. Now, if you stuck around for the post-credits, you're going to notice that we get Boba Fett. So, we go to we go to Jabba the Hutt's. We're uh, back on Tatooine and we're at Jabba the Hutt's palace. And Bib Fortuna, baby, he has been having some fun. He's got himself a slave Twi'lek. He's got himself plenty of people surrounding. And he's a big boy now. He's got big tentacles. He's got a big neck. Big Bib Fortuna, baby. He's uh he's having he's having he's really he's really taken the throne there. He's taken over since Jabba died. Then Fennec Shan turns up and she just starts shooting people out. Prah, prah, prah. And there was a really good replication of 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 Jabba's palace. I'm, I was quite impressed. Fennec starts, blah, 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 bang, 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 bang. She's shooting everybody, bang, bang, bang. And then the slave girl looks at her and she frees her from the chain. And the girl just, with the twee like she runs away. Um, and then big Boba Fett walks down. Doesn't say a word. I'm actually, there's a point there. I just want to point out that Bib Fortuna says, my clunky. <laughs> I think that might be just a little bit of a Favreau and um, Filoni joke there. It was cute. It was nice. I liked that they did that. I liked that they kind of just made light of that because people got so mad at that. I just, just, <sighs> and um, Bib Fortuna says, "Boba Fett, ma Whatever he says, I can't speak Hatties. Um, sorry to anybody who speaks Hatties in their day to day life. Boba. I thought you were dead, he says, and then Boba doesn't say a word and just shoots him with his old gun. Boba's got his old gun back. Too. He must have got that from <clears throat> Jabba's palace or something. Might have just been hanging on the wall. I don't know. He might have had it in the in the other season. He might have had it in Slave One the whole time. Anyway, I wonder where Slave. I wonder where he found Slave One, where it was parked. He must have. Someone must have had it at a dock somewhere on Tatooine, and he got himself out. And then, yeah, I don't know. Um, but then Boba takes the throne. And he sits down on the throne and, well, he's not, he's not all good after all. <laughs> Boba is now the leader of the Hutt clan. Well, I think that's what that was signifying. And then it comes up and it says the book of Boba Fett. So we're going to see much more of Boba Fett and Tamura Morris. And that's going to have the Mando in it for sure. We might have a little bit of Grogu in there. I don't know about Luke Skywalker, but hopefully it connects I, I, I will be excited to see if all these shows, kind of like Rebels and Clone Wars and so on, are just all going to connect the, the, the Boba Fett, or the Book of Boba Fett, and the the um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the Ahsoka Tano, and the Rebel, the the Resistance Pilot one, or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm very excited to see where this goes. And I think a lot of it's going to lead up to the First Order, and... Um, 
the Force Awakens. So it's it's going to be cool to see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm, I'm just keen for more Star Wars. Give me more Star Wars. Give me all the Star Wars you can give, especially in the return, post-Return of the Jedi timeline. Especially there. It's ripe for the picking. We haven't really touched on it. Um, the only thing that really touched on it was the Shadows of the Empire. And that's no longer canon. So give me more of Return of the post-Return of the Jedi. More, more, more. Where did Han Solo go? Show me more about Luke's temple. We know that Grogu's working at Luke's. Does Ahsoka know Luke? Has she come across Luke? Has she met Luke? Does she know that Darth Vader's son is the strongest Jedi in the galaxy and he's a good man? Does she have a relationship with Princess Leia? I want to know these things. Let's just give... Let's have more Star Wars. It is the season for giving, ladies and gentlemen. It is Christmas time. Thank you again, Samuel Samuel Kim, for that wicked Mandalorian Christmas carol. Thank you, everybody out there who listens to Qui-Gon's Happy Hour every single week. Thank you to Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave, John Favreau, Rick Famuyima, everybody who works on this show, Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, even Carl Weathers did an episode this, this season. Everyone who's worked on this show, Taika Waititi, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Pedro and all the actors on this show, Katie Sackoff, Tamura Morrison, um, thank you for The Mandalorian, thank you so much. Mark Hamill even, <laughs> um, Rosario Dawson came, came and did an amazing job as Ahsoka, Sasha Banks. Um, who else have I missed in the main character? Oh, Gina Carano. I just love, 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 love this show. It just fills me with warmth and I'm so glad it comes out every Christmas because it just fills me with so much joy. I just want all of the Mandalorian figurines now. All of them. Give me all of them. I want every single one. But ladies and gentlemen, Merry Christmas. Happy Life Day. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a fantastic New Year's. We are going to take a couple weeks off from Qui-Gon's Happy Hour just to have a break. I do this every year. This was a new podcast we started this year. I'm so glad that we did it. I love this. This is episode number 25. Perfect number for the Christmas special. But ladies and gentlemen, hopefully next year we can get some interviews in, we can get some people to come in and talk about Star Wars, some of my friends, some some co-fans, co-content creators and so on. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for listening. This is, I've been Jordan. This has been Qui-Gon's Happy Hour from everybody at the Lemonade Podcast Network. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, have a wonderful life day and as always, ladies and gentlemen, May the force be with you.